you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast, featuring NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast, starring Greg Rosenthal. This is Dan Hansis, joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler, and yes, the twice-mentioned uh, Greg wow. Rosenthal, who, yes, some people say NFL Network, some people, Sully, Still say NFL.com, let's be honest. Thank you very much. Here with NFL.com's Greg Rosenthal. NFL.com. 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 That is that is an all-timer. I was talking to my friend Bob. Uh, at a, a hey, I have a friend named Bob in Boston. One of you is lying, and he said when he first heard, I believe it was that drop, or it might have been the drop where it was kind of the Australian guy doing doing an NFL. Game. He he was yeah. laughing so hard in in bed, like it disrupted his wife's sleep, and she, she was like, "What what is <laughs> happening here? Why are you?" And he had to rewind it many times to listen to it. He loved that. It. That drop is a um, a couple months old now, but Mark, I remember you and I going into uh, this is not not going to sound very masculine. Don't. Don't be ashamed of me, Dad. Where are we going? We went to get our makeup done, uh, oh. you know, across the way. And in the makeup room was uh, Amber Theo Harris, who who gives the the vocal on that sound drop. And she had been getting blown up on Twitter and her mentions like, <laughs> wait, are you guys making fun of me on your podcast? I was like, no, 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 no. We had to explain what was behind it. Kind of a tricky, difficult thing to explain to a person that doesn't have a lot of the background info on how that came to be. Yeah, I think we we basically utterly confused her. And and like most interactions with uh, mo- you know our female coworkers around here, we're just left with our status lowered potentially yeah. to some degree. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair to say. This is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, and um, Chris Wesson cannot be with us today. Hopefully, we'll have him back on Friday. Uh, but the show must go on, um, and we have a lot to get to today, uh, including we are in the we're about to hit the dark period, right, Greg? This is it. Thursday, thirty-one teams wrapped it up. The Cardinals they decided to get an extra week of vacation. Bruce Arians, smart. They've been gone already for a week. The other thirty-one teams are done Thursday. Is it smart? Or here's a perfect example of the segment today: <laughs> buy, sell, or hold on. Uh, mini camp narratives. Is it smart to take an extra week or does it show a lack of commitment? It's <laughs> a good question. Buy, sell, or hold. I, and I think also, they started a week earlier, too. Buy, sell, Love or it. hold, Greg. <laughs> I'm selling that. I think I, I'm smart. Good. Get that, that, get that vacation. I think it's get smart. What, what if you get a major injury on Thursday? Was that worth it, please? No, no. You guys passed the test. That's a clear sell. On the take. By the way, we think all this news is going to come on Thursday. It's usually around by noon that you realize that half of these coaches took their team bowling. Like yeah. they, that last day is treated as a complete joke. Yeah, it's like hopscotch tournament, 10 a.m., and then everybody's <laughs> onto their jet skis. That's a Browns activity. Yeah, like right Mike there. Mike McCarthy said, these are the most important practices of 
of the offseason at the same time that he gave the minicamp off to all of his veteran players. I will doesn't sell really that storyline. Doesn't make any sense. I'm selling that one too. All right. Now, that's coming up later today. Also, a lot of news to get to. Uh, this maybe uh, maybe for the last time, a lot of news to get to uh, as the NFL does enter its dark period. And uh, that teases for something we'll talk about on Friday, uh, some mysteries ahead uh, in the NFL. But for now, let it, and Greg, we will get to the thing that we didn't get to on Monday. Just a little warning for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, peace and love, all, all with all respect. We got to get to it today. I'm here. All right, let's do some news. Bradley's going to escape from Herrera. Bradley trying to chip on Joa, and he scores! Michael Bradley! <laughs> okay. Sully, and I would love to hear from Sully on this, so good good choice of a news drop. So the U.S. and uh, Mexico uh, had a World Cup qualifying match uh, in Mexico City, correct? Yep, correct. And Sully, and we were talking a little bit before the show, uh, with a couple of his, his buddies, including Crowder, right? Yeah, Robbie Crowder. Crowder head. Yeah. Uh, you you bust down and put your life on the line to attend this event attended by 84,000 Mexicans and 1,000 Americans uh, separated by some barbed wire. Can you tell a little of the yeah, story? Yeah, yeah. Separated by uh, about, I don't know, about 100 Federales, a few uh, U.S. Marines, and a bunch of barbed wire, and uh, separating the 1,000 U.S. Do you think that was necessary, or or was it really? Was uh, it, really it was it was the most intense atmosphere tense? I've ever been in, for sure. So uh, you get, I'm glad you, they were there. Were you guys getting mm. glares through the fence? Was did you feel? Oh I, no, it was it was more than glares. I mean, they were throwing it, stuff at us. It was a constant. You said you forth. had like you were getting doused Amazing. by like not just beer but cans unknown, of beer. Cans un, of unknown beer. unknown liquids were flying. It was over. gasoline, Sully. Yeah, that's why you saw some of those lighters <laughs> flying by you as well. Yeah. Um, and I asked Sully, it is kind of a wild sports event to attend. And I, it's an awesome one. It's pretty cool that you went. But also is, was part of it, uh, like, uh, Mark, some practices you're into, you like the danger of it all, you know. Uh, you know, you feel like it, it's about pleasure, but also sometimes the idea that there could be pain, you're into that. Makes you stuff. feel more alive. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'll, I'll let you throw that on me. I'm not sure what that re- <laughs> that's in reference to, but pro- probably so. Uh, for Sully, a big part of this was the danger of it all, that yeah. you're going to support your your country's national team and also on some level putting yourself in bodily danger. Very interesting. Yeah. So, I'm sorry to report that Dan, Dan Campbell came back and Bill, had to replace Bill Belichick of the uh, around the NFL producers. <laughs> <laughs> you, I think this earned you like more – Although Dan Campbell wouldn't need barbed wire, let's no, say, or no, federales, no, none or of anything. That. But right, right down to you said they took you, the 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 all the security presence took you out of the stadium mm-hmm. into wow. a, a safe house essentially. Yeah, to, I mean, geez, we got the Mexicans hate us that much. The hotel, yeah. If you're a Mexican listener of the show, um, reach out to Sully and let him know that that not everyone. Well, no, they stadium. weren't. It was, the, well, it's more than no, the soccer. El Tree fans were great uh, the whole trip except for game day, like. It was, they take it, it quite awesome seriously. Time. Oh, for sure. For and sure. we score, and we scored a draw, which is a very good thing, correct? Yep, very good thing. All right, let's start with the news, and we'll start with Andrew Luck, who obviously not taking part in uh, the mini camp with the Colts, and coming off shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder. Uh, there continues to be uncertainty about his availability. Chuck Pagano was asked uh, this week uh, on a, a timetable for Luck, and much of the consternation of Colts Nation. 
It's very clear there is none yet. No idea. My guess is as good as yours, you know, and, um, you know, he's going through the, the process. Uh, we know that process can be, you know, long. Um, he's doing well. Um, we're just going to take it one day at a time, you know, and the next step is getting to the point where, you know, he can throw, you know, and then there's going to be, you know, obviously a, a number and a pitch count, you know, on that. And um, he's going to have to continue to build, um, you know, from the ground floor up. Uh, Mark, Andrew Luck was asked about his shoulder, and he said they don't need to have any concerns. It will be fine. Should there be concerns here? I mean, you want your franchise quarterback to go through an entire offseason healthy. You don't want surgeries. You don't want to worry about pitch counts and all this business when he's 27 years old. But at this point in June, I mean, I I don't think you get overly worried. You want to just treat his body. You want to give him the perfect chance to heal and not rush it. The the worst mistake you could make would be to – to get him out there and get him active before he's ready. Yeah, but not so much right now. The fact that they're not saying what you want to hear if you're a Colts fan is, oh, he'll be ready for training camp. We're, we're easing him back now. But the fact that they, they're not ready to say that makes you think yeah. this is a very serious situation. Well, it makes you assume that he won't be ready for the start of training camp, and, and they're definitely shooting for week one. And that just shows you what a serious surgery it was because he had the surgery in the middle of January. And the fact that he's not close, it doesn't sound like he's too close to throwing yet. And when he's fully back, like I just list, you know, reading between the lines and I've seen a lot of these over the years, you might, you wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play at all in the preseason. If the, the first game action he sees is during the regular season. And, and there has to be at least some thought that, that he won't be ready for opening day, but we're just guessing. That's what we do. Well, that's what we do. That's part of the bit. gig in other quarterback news. Franchise quarterbacks with shoulder issues. Cam Newton won't be throwing at Panthers minicamp uh, after all, uh, just days after um, it was anticipated by uh, the team that he would be throwing at this camp. Ron Rivera said that he, quote, got ahead of himself by one week. Uh, this according to the team's official website. Uh, nothing, uh, not a setback for Newton, uh, according to Mike Garofolo. Uh, but Rivera just got a, a little, little ahead of himself. He's still on track. Uh, so that's more a positive timetable uh, for your franchise quarterback. Expect uh, Cam to be ready, I would think, at training camp. But we shall see. We shall see. Well, it shows that the two surgeries were different, even though significantly different, even though they were both shoulder surgeries, because Cam had his surgery three months after and, right. Andrew Luck. It was a 12-week recovery for him to be throwing the ball again. So just you know, reading between the lines, you can pretty much see that the, the luck surgery was more invasive. Well, and even if they were the same, and they clearly weren't in this case, you have no idea how two different human bodies are going to respond to the same type of surgery. Uh, moving on, uh, in Cleveland Browns camp, there's a couple things going Ooh. on. First up, Brock Osweiler. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe it. Uh, he is, of course, the right. quarterback that was acquired in a trade with the Browns in that complex salary dump. Uh, scenario and guess what not only is he still in the mix right now for the Browns he's getting a lot of positive buzz uh, about how he's looked and a possibility that he actually is going to be the starter coming out of camp we'll see how that works out but uh, he talked about his chances and his ambitions uh, for the Cleveland football franchise I want to start this team and I'm working every single day um, to put myself in a position to earn that starting job. But um, I'm, my focus isn't anywhere as far as who's getting what reps. My, my sole focus is what can I do today to be a better player and have a good practice and make my teammates better. 
kind of like a pull I mean, string doll answer for a quarterback. He's been this guy from the minute any of us heard any anything he had to say when he was the Peyton Manning's backup. That he's very measured, uh, sort of an ath- athlete quote speak machine. Uh, he's good at that. And I, I'm not really that concerned with how he looks, you know, in June minicamp practices and previous OTAs. That Osweiler's issues have always been when you're on the field against an opponent who's actually blitzing you and putting you, in, putting you into danger, where's your decision-making and your mechanics at that point? I wish we had a, if this was a TV show, a split screen of when Brock is talking to Mark, uh, rolling his eyes and shaking his head, listening to, to Brock now that he's on Team Sessler. I don't dislike the guy, but there's a lot of baggage that obviously comes with Brock Osweiler. And, and one thing that has that I find a little bit surprising. I almost feel bad for him now watching him today. I was like, well, he's, he's here's doing the thing. what he can. He's making a ton of money still, and he has a legit opportunity. If you if there's like two or three teams on the le- in the league where if you're Brock Osweiler, you have a legit chance to start games this season. This is one of them. It ended up being. Not a terrible landing spot. I just think that when the trade happened, the presumption was he won't even be on the roster. He won't even be on the team by the time we get here, and he still is. Well, and that's when the when the trade happened. Um, the Browns, of course, got a lot of positive press for making this move, and then it even seemed even more kind of clever that then there were the reports, well, oh, and the Browns might not even want him at all, and they're going to cut him. And I remember at the time of the trade, I said it on this podcast. I was like, I hope this doesn't end with come the end of the summer we're hearing reports about how Brock is really – he has a good chance to start <laughs> games because you know it's not going to work out. Let's just be honest. Like, we've been through this before. Jets fans have been down this road. Browns fans have been down this road that when you try to put the this type of a round peg into the square hole, it's never going to fit. Right. So it, it seems to me like a waste of time when you could have a guy like Deshaun Kaiser, maybe get him more reps, get him right in the mix maybe, or another developmental guy like Cody Kessler. Jets have a similar situation with Josh McCown potentially starting when you have two young kids on a going nowhere team. Uh, I just Brock Osweiler starting games, especially week one. I just feel like it sends a bad message to the well, fan base. I, I, I don't think that there's any even remote suggestion of a guarantee that that's going to happen. I mean, it sounds like all we've heard this week is that and Jack Hugh Jackson does not want to talk about reps and where they're happening with the first or second team. But Kaiser's being given a Russell Wilson like chance to win the starting job. I think Kessler is probably Kessler and Kaiser, you'd have to imagine in both cases, Hugh Jackson had a lot of say in drafting those quarterbacks. Osweiler just landed on the roster in in a in a bizarre front office. Well, they never really replaced him. I I and I've always wondered if they had if they had conversations with the NFL after the trade happened and if they got any pressure to keep him Hmm. because Hmm. it was essentially illegal to do a contract dump according to NFL rules and they maybe they they admonished him for it. I don't know. Well, they would. They're it's also theory. They're giving him first team reps, right? Uh, I mean, he's, yeah, he, they're so- rotating. Yeah, but it sounds like, for instance, yesterday when all this stuff about Kaiser's yeah. getting first team, Kaiser and Kessler worked mostly mostly with the first, and Osweiler mostly with the second team. But that, again, it switches day to day. I don't read too much into that yeah. when you don't have a clear quarterback, right? And when they're in but shorts, they were, we're going to get to my my trip to Rams camp. That's yeah, like that really hammered it home for me how how overcooked a lot of the conversation is this time of year. For instance, Vance Joseph, the coach of the Broncos, said in terms of his quarterback competition, May and June will have zero to none in terms of the impact that it will have on his decision. He says that's how much May and June has mattered to him, zero to none. 
Let's move on. Eric Decker is a free agent now after the Jets uh, formally released the veteran wide receiver earlier this week. In his first day as a free agent, the receiver is meeting with the Tennessee Titans uh, rap sheet reported on Wednesday. Um, Decker released Tuesday. He's 30 years old. We know the story of him. He's coming off a couple of surgeries. Uh, His last full healthy season, 2015, he was uh, part of the best wide wide receiver duo in football. And I continue to think that he is a massive Massive uh, value buy at this stage of the game on the NFL calendar. Whoever gets him, and the Titans feel like a nice fit, potentially. Don't think I didn't just see you just throw in the best wide receiver duo in football. Like, like Look at the numbers, not, that's, like, that's not an opinion. It was an, it's an opinion. We'll see. I love this <laughs> fit. You're not going to believe it, by the way, <laughs> I'm Greg. Just you're not going to believe their opinions on this podcast. <laughs> And uh, no, no. While been... you're here, uh, give me this because I, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I am on Mark's corner now with the worst team in the league. They had they combined for like 2,400 no, you, yards and like 25. You might be right. I year. quickly tried to race through and, and think of a better example, and I couldn't. So you might be right. And I love this move for the <laughs> Titans. And I, look, I'm all in on uh, the Chargers being the team of around the NFL. Matt Money Smith. I missed that announcement that he was going to be the play-by-play host, but that, that helps it even more. But I do like these Titans, too. I, and Eric Decker adding to that group. I mean, Mariota having a whole new receiver group. Uh, I think it'd be a terrific pickup. Yeah, and, and John Robinson, again, has proven that he works quickly. That, that wide, You went into this offseason with wide receiver being a burning need. You now have Corey Davis. If you ever added Eric Decker... That that position group is com- becomes a strength potentially, and it was a completely God! different type of offense. Right, and you have you have their third round pick um, was also at wide receiver uh, Taiwan Taylor, so it could be a, like a totally different group essentially if you pick up Decker and Tajay Sharp. Sharp you know, Matthews is solid; he's going to play. A little if Tajay Sharp can keep his head on straight, this guy sounds like a little bit of a <laughs> nightmare. He made another guy's head not straight. Uh, according to reports. We don't want to say it's all legend. Uh, I don't want to throw any cold water. I know everybody seems very excited to make the Chargers the team of ATL in 2017. I guess I'm the only one that has any problems with them abandoning the city of San Diego. Like I'm oh, going I'm to you on that. reward them as team of ATL after they committed what I thought was an affront to a very loyal fan base. I, I find it an odd team because we haven't, we haven't circled around and had a second a team of ATL a second time. It would be an odd year to do that for a team that completely showed zero loyalty to the city of San Diego. It has not come up yet. There's been a lot of positive juice about the Chargers on the show in the last couple of months. I'm sure it was a takes you, us. You make a strong point. I was there at the, at the last uh, game in San Diego history, and I came back talking about it for days about how they, you know, creamed that poor city and how yeah. unfair it was. If you've you had make your a team strong, move. You make a strong point. Yeah, I think there's sensitivity to it. And, you know, we'll figure out our team of ATL by roughly week eight or nine, so there <laughs> will be in-depth conversations. Moving on to Bears camp, Mitchell Trubisky, of course, the second overall pick, uh, has a lot of work to do. He only had 13 starts at uh, University of North Carolina, and he needs as many live reps as possible to really uh, get up to speed at this level of football. And during Tuesday's minicamp, Coach John Fox was asked if he would consider a Trubisky package, quote-unquote, to ensure the first-round pick got uh, some work this season. Fox uh, decided to conjure up his time with Tim Tebow. You know, I've, I've been around in situations like that before, uh, you know, back in my time in Denver even with Tebow. So, uh, you know, we're going to do whatever we can. And as coaches, we've got to put guys in positions where they can utilize their skill set and uh, it won't be any different this year. Uh, plenty of logic there, Mark. Uh, 
but just invoking the name Tebow with any young quarterback, it just feels like it's something that's unnecessary because Tebow does not have a great reputation as a professional quarterback. Let's just be honest here. I, I don't know why th- this thing where you bring these rookies in, the, the Browns tried this with Johnny Manziel too, where we're going to have a package of plays or a different type of offense for rookie quarterback X. I don't know why you develop uh, Trubisky this way. When when it's also saying we want to give him a full year to develop and, and, and really come back the year after as a potential starter. I It, it always bothers me that Fox uh, essentially was kept in the dark about this entire trade-up mm. and the way that they picked Trubisky, and now he's got to deal with it, and it's not a player that he wanted necessarily, and it's a team that there probably is going to be increased pressure if Mike Glennon struggles not from Fox or the coaching staff necessarily, but from other parts of the building to get Trubisky on the field. And this, I don't think this is that, but it sort of hints at that a little. And if you, if you really break down what Fox said, like almost everything John Fox said, it amounts to nothing. I mean, he doesn't say any. No one gives less to the media. And it would, it would seem crazy in my mind if they did this with Trubisky. I kind of would be surprised if if it happened. I want to cycle back to the Browns uh, quickly. Bad hosting job by me, but let's cycle back. Uh, this happened right before we came uh, upstairs, but uh, Miles Garrett, the first overall pick in the NFL draft uh, in minicamp on uh, today, Wednesday, suffered a foot injury. Uh, he was seen limping to the sideline at the end of the practice. Um, Coach Hugh Jackson uh, did not seem to think it was serious, uh, There's so we'll find out. And this would be a good test, Mark, if the Browns, if God hates Cleveland and all that stuff, if <laughs> if, if we have a, some type of serious setback for this guy, let's just hope, eh, you know, just a little cramp or something. Nothing, uh, no Sammy Watkins scenario here. Yeah, I feel like if, if God has like a, a, like a top five sort of power rankings of cities that would be on his radar, why, why Cleveland, a, a, you know, it, it, economically struggling, mm. a, a lot of, you know, salt of the earth type people why wouldn't you be more focused on certain like hyper violent areas of the middle east to be on your radar than cleveland maybe get over that god wow taking shots at the not middle taking east, a shot at well, I thought not, not taking not taking a shot at god necessarily either but just maybe <laughs> asking him to rethink this if brought, that's what's happening here Brunson Burner Blortorch the god wow our, uh, <laughs> i mean let's get our priorities straight and from please. mark too that's a surprise to our listeners uh, from the middle east that is mark sessler <laughs> All right. Uh, he lives in West L.A. Well, sure hey, track him if anything, they have had the, three, and I know, I know they're hurting right now, but they have had three straight NBA Finals appearances. Things things haven't gone too poorly. Well, well and they came within you know. one like inning of winning the World Series last year too. So, well, by but the way, the that's, that's not what I would call that's painful. Exactly, that's not joy. I'm saying there's happened you know, to them before. The Indians are a great team now, and the Cavs obviously have LeBron. Uh, if if just if the Browns could just get over the hump, right? We don't need any more. Document, you know, documentaries from yesterday. I would be fine for there yeah. to be no more documentaries, <laughs> including if that means Cleveland actually does something more than win two games in a season. It is airing again this weekend. Speaking of ESPN documentaries, well, uh, you know, we get this, we get the narrative. It's been out there for a while. Horrible NBA playoffs. Very disappointed how it all turned out. Um, <laughs> but I just want to say the one thing I was looking forward to, and I saw hundreds of commercials leading up to it, was the Celtics, Lakers. Uh, 30 for 30, I think it was Best of Enemies is the name of it. And, uh, you know, I sit down in front of my uh, television. I put I put the young boy to bed. And my other boy hasn't come home yet. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to dig in on this because I love that magic bird. He's out partying? His- history. <laughs> yeah, he's getting bombed. Uh, I've lost control of Jack Reddy's two and a half. Um, and the first voice I hear basically is Donnie Wahlberg. 
I grew up on the south side of Boston where Larry Bird was king and I love Boston. And then it's like, and then it's like, ooh, dueling narrator. Here comes Ice Cube. Oh, the Lakers were, everything was all about the Lakers and Larry Bird's terrible. It's like, do not hit me with the dueling narrators with Donnie Wahlberg of all people, not even Mark. And then Ice Cube again? I mean, how many more documentaries does Ice Cube have to be involved with narrating about the Los Angeles sports scene? We did it. What, what, what are we going to just keep on doing this? Come I, back to I, us, 30 for 30. I very Get much like together, this rant. Bro, you're trash. <laughs> I mean, clever move by you to pivot to Cube to distract attention away from your Donnie Wahlberg Boston impression. That was solid. <laughs> I don't know what that was. No, it, it was, was the ads of Gary Bardage going it was on. Weird. It was weird. <laughs> Let me try it again. <laughs> I grew up in – in Southie, where Larry Bird was king. Wait a minute. No, no, no. You no? lived in Boston. I can't do it either. The, the word Larry did not come out correctly there. I, li- I lived on a, a college dorm campus. It was, I wasn't exactly you know, okay. s- out where like the Goodwill hunting uh, guys were. Sure. <laughs> anyway. I just, you know, the Ice Cube thing. It, they just did that with the, the Raiders thing with uh, – wasn't there a Raiders documentary? Yeah, Ice Cube good. narrated, and it was I good. Like it. And it was fine. It was nice that that Cube was involved with that one. But now you're running him back for this, and it's Donnie against Ice Cube. How can you? Well, Donnie, t- Donnie t- is a little low wattage. That's a concerning choice by ESPN. I will say one thing about the Raiders, though. I mean, does it there, have to be? Does it have to be a organization? Too? There's an organization worthy of some documentaries. A lot of good things have happened. Well, that's nice. certainly true. Did yeah. we ever even get to the Browns news? Yeah, Miles Garrett had a foot injury. Oh, I mean, and, I. I don't even recall talking. Yeah, about we that. did. It's not yeah. that serious. They hope, and we hope it's not. And if if it is serious, remember that's how we got to it. Then God hates the Browns. Then I am going to leave the company. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, because enough is enough. Oh, I totally get that. Uh, and finally, uh, Greg, they they put him on the road uh, this uh, week. Greg Rosenthal went to uh, Rams camp on Tuesday. So you might remember last year, uh, it was Greggy does Dallas. And now this year, um, let's call it Greggy Pokes Thousand Oaks. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it's also kind of gross. That's what we're going for. I, I will. I mean, Thousand Oaks is a beautiful town. So I guess if I was gonna yeah. poke a town, I had never. Might as well be a hot town. I had never been there before, but they they're at Cal Lutheran a University. I'm, I wasn't familiar with, but a beautiful setting. <laughs> some mountains in the in the back. I, Perfect weather. I'm th- and Perfect. it's very quiet. One thing yeah. that, that struck me being up there, it's almost like the Rams are like a small market team in terms of their coverage still. I mean, they were in St. Louis, which is one of the smallest markets, but it was pretty quiet. It was great because, you know, I could talk to people, but, you know, five, five or six, you know, print reporters, you know, a couple local TV I, well, that's about it. You I know, noticed for that an last team, year, it was, too. It was quiet. And was you, the there was an incredible access. Like, there, there'd be yeah, it was a great. scrum and there'd be – there's no you couldn't call it a scrum. Well, there were three reporters you, standing around. Somewhere. When we did, uh, I went to Oxnard last spring when they did the Hard Knocks press conference, and that was bef- that was the Rams' first year back in L.A. Uh, you would think there would be a lot of L.A. reporters, and it was just like me and, and like three other guys there asking the questions on something that was live on NFL Network. And afterwards, there was just like anybody could have gone up to any of the front yeah. office officials. They had Todd Gurley and a couple other players available. And it was just there was no swell at well, all. It makes sense. I guess it makes sense because you've got reporters going to the Angels and the Dodgers and I don't know, other other thing. I mean, it, they are having to win over it's the NFL, though. I mean, they're going to have to win over this market in terms of 
in terms of interest, I guess. I mean, the the, the institute, you know, in Cleveland, it's like people have been Browns fans for 50 years. So, you, you know, you got to right. build that back up. Greg, so what were your takeaways from your visit, if you had any at all? Uh, well, Greg, one thing that stuck out was, <laughs> that, that was I, no, I had a couple. Greg Robinson, you remember Greg Robinson, number two overall pick in the draft? Yes, he was, barely. He was not even getting on the field with the first or the second team. So that made, Woof. That made me think that they are going to move on from Greg Robinson, or, or they're really trying to send a message, uh, but he's due $3.5 million, and that's a lot for a guy who's, I guess, right now, fifth or sixth in their rotation at tackle, which is do you want to know? Do you want to know the message that they were sending? What? Hey, Greg, Ro- Greg Robinson, you suck. Stop. That's terrible. Uh, what? Wait, no, that is, you know, they're not letting him play. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Sit down, be humble might be the second part of that <laughs> Sit message. down! Uh, be humble. Uh, Todd Gurley. Greg never likes when we're openly no. critical of players. It always, no, I was. I was point. I was pointing like, out. Oh, stop! Leave him alone. <laughs> That's you. Always react the same way. It's not true at all. Well, he's building a relationship with the Rams, so right. you know he's going to have to be up there in beautiful Thousand Oaks, maybe sooner or later. You know what? So. He's like a guy. Greg's in Double A NFL.com, and he wants to get the tap. <laughs> he wants to come up to the majors NFL Network, and that's how you stay there. You got to to have access. You need to treat the players as higher entities than yourself. And I see it now. It makes sense. Well, with that in mind, I'll point out it did look like if you're a Todd Gurley fantasy owner that hated life last year because they would never get him the ball in the passing game. I, I hesitate to take too much away from watching these practices in shorts, but you couldn't help but notice that he's lining up out wide, you know, outside of two wide receivers a couple times. Then he's motioning in, running the other way, and they're throwing it to him. I mean, he he seemed to be uh, getting a lot of targets in the passing game, and I would find that exciting. Tyler Higby was the other guy who had a great day. I mean, I don't know if he's had a great couple of weeks, but he was a beast in the end zone. One question, because yeah, it's what can you take away in terms of what you're seeing play to play, but is there any, do you see any shared DNA between the Redskins on tape and the Rams offense, or is it just too hard to put that together at this point? I think just the way that McVay talks in terms of the, he's trying to create matchups. You know, that's what he answered when talking about Gurley. And, and Gurley was really trying to, it's almost like the reporters are trying to make him own that he struggled last year, and he almost refuses to say that, that it's all a team thing. He said he doesn't care about what he does individually. He only cares about the team. Uh, but I think there's just a confidence from all the players on both sides of the ball, but especially offense. It's like, hey, we have some people that know what they're doing. I mean, a lot of Gurley was talking about you know, just crediting the coaches. They weren't disparaging last year's coaches, but Jared Goff and Gurley and really the offensive guys were just so effusive in how good these offensive coaches were. You can't help but compare them to the Jeff Fisher staff. Was everyone nice to you, Greg? Yeah. They treat they were nice to Greggy. They were took care of him. I mean, every, everyone was were you treated great, as great with respect? up there. Did you do any hits? No, no right. hits. I was kind of collecting stuff for a Wade Phillips. You should be doing hits. Why aren't they giving you hits? Feature. I did. I did let them know, but you know they had. They have other people uh, elsewhere that they decided to use. That's terrible. Hmm. Any other takeaways, Greg? Before we move on. No, that's about it. Did you have a fun time. Connor Barwin was a fantastic uh, interview and was very nice to really make extra time, like after their meetings oh, cool. was there, and that'll be in the Wade Phillips. Uh, did you expense a meal or drinks after? Were you able to eat up there <laughs> before you came home to your yeah. family responsibility? I, I was worried. Yeah, so I stopped at Trader Joe's right near near their facility and got a couple grab-and-go things. It was about 8 bucks. 
Oh, I would milk that expense account for more than I think you have roughly $35. Oh, yeah. I could have gotten dinner on the way back. I should have done that, but I didn't. Yeah, next time I would say maximize that. Use use that money where you can. Well, they pay you for gas, too, and they pay way too much for some reason. I don't know why. Like, the gas rate's very high. Yeah, don't. Yeah, let's not let them know that. Yeah. Well, no one's like They seem fair to me. And uh, when you were driving up to the, the facility, where you, did you roll down the windows and crank your tunage up and say, hey. I'm getting out of the office. This is why I'd work for the NFL. <laughs> Anything like that? Uh, I was listening to some, you know, podcasts. I think some tennis podcasts. Oh, boy. Some, some, that is not cranking some, the tunage. Some WTF with Mark Marin. Listen to a little bit of that. Okay. Like that. I show. did feel like leaving there, though. There is something to, all right, I put in an honest day's work. Also, I filed before I left. So oh, some, that's key. Sometimes I'm writing, you know, at night at home. That tends to be my thing lately. And it's like, I filed, you know, you get in the car, it's sunny, you got a little tan, you're like, I'm an honest man making an honest yeah, living. That's, that's what's funny. It is, it's it's funny too because and in the rare occasions every once in a while uh, when I've been in New York working for this job and maybe let's say for instance because I'm aware of all, who all the Jets beats writer, beat, beat writers are if I go to cover like a Rex press conference or something like that, I always feel like they're all looking at me like, who is this hole? <laughs> Like, we are the beat guys. Who is this loser showing up? Oh, I think they are. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm saying yeah. that. But uh, in L.A., uh, you know, it's a no, different vibe. It's different, the, no, I don't think you were being judged at all. All the beat guys were extremely nice and gracious. And uh, their ESPN reporter, Alden Gonzalez, says he listens to the podcast. Oh. So shout out to Alden. Yeah, Alden mm. Gonzalez. Uh, let's, uh So that was Greggy Pokes Thousand Oaks. <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Checking on the end around. Over on the old end around, Jeremy Macklin uh, as we know, are we doing it again? Holy Every show now. We're back. We're back. This team. In the Ravens' nest again. Mark's least favorite team in the NFL. This, I mean, Is we might have to, to stop talking about the Ravens for the rest of uh, the summer after this run. Anyway, Jeremy Macklin, you know that what happens uh, when a prominent – a little interesting that Jeremy Macklin made the cut here. Whenever a prominent free agent is uh, – uh, doing visits and a local restaurant will send a tweet, you know, and insert popular product here for life. That will uh, be fine with the bird sound. Thank I know. you. Let's kill the crows. <laughs> In the service of, uh, you know, publicity and some goodwill for the, the fans. Anyway, so there's a, a restaurant called Jimmy's Seafood in Baltimore that offered Macklin. First, they said free crab cakes for the length of his contract. And then when Macklin didn't respond, they just upped the ante and, and, and doubled down and made a lifetime offer. Wow. And what they didn't know is that Macklin was tracking it the whole time. He had it in his back pocket. So after he signed that deal with the Ravens, he, he came back at Jimmy's Seafood and tweeted, I'd read what y'all said. I love crab cakes, LOL. And then Jimmy's Seafood responded. Mark, this is I want to get your take on this. Uh, Jimmy's Seafood responded, we are crabs of our word. And to me, the language of the tweet hmm. clearly seems to indicate that the crabs <laughs> themselves are running Jimmy Seafood. And, and that's, you know, fascinating and, and, and impressive, quite frankly. Uh, then again, then you take a step back and go, wait a second. If the crabs are running the restaurant and they're serving crabs, mm. it just took a dark, dark turn. Uh, a Solian Green type turn, almost. <laughs> And on top of it, they're literate and 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 have a grasp of social media, which totally. is also you know news. Right. You can't. It can't be easy to type with those crab claws. 
But let's not bury the lead here. They are sacrificing their own. Their own. Their own. To people like Jeremy Macklin and the thousands and thousands of crab-obsessed uh, Marylandites. But in theory... Self-hating like, crabs. Right. Like the best-looking crabs are the one that you would put on a plate. Uh, maybe not for crab cakes. Ooh, it's true. But it's like how do, you, how do the crabs decide who gets offed here? Why would it be the, like the higher-level crabs? Not just self-hating crabs, Greg Rosenthal. Genocidal crabs. <laughs> Uh, and finally in the news, Ben Bacadou. So that was troubling. Like, that took a sharp left turn into, onto, like, troubling Boulevard. Right. It's like that yep. that skiing movie where they end up eating the, the dead. <laughs> I will say one thing. I've never <laughs> eaten crab cakes in my entire life. Not a and, surprise. No, all right. But yeah. then the only time you, Well, I you came, don't like... You're a fooditarian. I, I am decided... Well, like I food. I don't eat crabs, but I the one time I came close to trying it, I had a girlfriend... Uh, and her family lived, very nice family, lived in the Baltimore area. But our relationship was on very rocky soil, to say the least. And we went out in the Baltimore area to have crab cakes. At least they were, and I was going to maybe try one. Sure. And we had quite a few uh, beers in us. We were young, early 20s. And she kept referring to me, well, no, she twice mistakenly referred to me by the name of her ex-boyfriend in front of her family. Woof. And so, which was... Wow, that was twice. Sort of, that that's, was, that's terrible. That was a... Well, it was... Things, the first thing It was a microcosm of everything else that was happening, I think. But on top of it, I was like, I don't like crab cakes. I don't like Baltimore. I don't... I'm getting out of this situation, so let's get out of this You're nest. I, I had a somewhat similar situation with a, with a name uh, faux pas, this was shortly after getting out of my college relationship, which carried into <laughs> post-college, and uh, I was going on a Valentine's Day date with a young woman in the Hoboken, the city of Hoboken, home of Mike Garofalo, Garofalo, excuse me, and um, I accidentally called this date my ex-girlfriend's name as we were leaving the restaurant. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> date the guy is drunk! <laughs> I was a little <laughs> drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's accurate. Finally, you're missing out on crab cakes, by the way. Give me a break. It's delicious. And by the way, Mark, you you missed the show Monday. You said or or just steam crab or whatever. You World had a stomach. I mean. You had a Sorry. stomach bug, uh, Mark. Right. And I just want to ask. Just be honest. Did it have anything to do with your Tom Brady diet? No, thing? had not had a. <laughs> I'm just examining. I'm just doing those once in a while. Had not had one of those in seventy. So you know, I don't hours. trust that book. Make. I, I will dig in more on this topic later, but it's I, I think it's getting uh, too much press for being ultra weird when it's really just essentially not as weird as I thought it would be. Hmm. And finally... But no, don't try to link it to that. Yeah, well, the jury's out. The jury is not out. There's no jury up, you know, attending to this case. I had not eaten that. I had probably nine meals after having a Tom Brady meal. That was like... They've been, they've been very good. That was like the equivalent of Bill Cosby's defense team. It was like... We're going to call one witness, and we will Why settle our defense in 14 minutes. Why on earth are you drawing a parallel to that, of all things? Hey, when I could draw a parallel directly from Tom Brady to Bill Cosby, I'm going to do it. Finally, in the end around, whoa, uh, Ben McAdoo got a haircut. Whoa, did anybody see this Ben McAdoo I haircut? Did. Yeah, I saw it. Whoa. Uh, ben went – he had a very strange haircut last year with the Giants. Let's just put it that way. It was – it was kind of like there was no way to really make sense of it. It was like too short and too long, and it looked faked, but but then obviously real. Uh, it looked like it was combed, but then it looked kind of messy. It was a strange do. So what did he do? He just he pulled in the sides a little bit. He got tight on the sides. 
threw it to the back, grew it out a little bit and combed it to the back, and all the grease you can handle. And now he's got like a Pat Riley look. Thoughts? Well, hold on. What? Greg, have you seen the, the photo? Yeah. I mean, Pat Riley owned that look. He. This no, is. This I'm not is saying legit. he looks as good because Pat, okay. Pat Riley pulled it off. Handsome guy, too. Well, Easily. Pat Riley didn't shave the sides, though. It's, it's yeah, the still kind of weird thing. to me. It's, it's very weird. weird. It's just weird. I'm sorry. Uh, he was uh, he was asked about it at the press. It got a surprising amount of buzz, or maybe not surprising considering the market. He was asked uh, if he had been getting any, uh, uh, you know, slack from team, the team. It's striking. Yeah, they, they, uh, they've been pushing me. So, got to keep it fresh, right? I just think it was the right move, though. To, even if this maybe you're, he's not there yet, uh, he had to move away from that prior cut. I think the next thing is the goatee. Yeah, but the, this one is also among NFL hair, head coach haircuts. I would say it's still the weirdest. <laughs> it is. It is strange. It is just it a would, strange. Maybe look. it would look good on like a 19 year old, but for some reason on on McAdoo, it, it who is about the most serious, like him and his old. Boss Mike McCarthy are probably the two like least like most humorless guys in front of a podium. They're just so serious. Like they're serious about their job. They're serious about everything. And then he steps up with that haircut, which is just not serious. And you're operating <laughs> with a mustache at the same time, and you have it's to. A goatee. Ne- it's a well, goatee. it's it's it is goatee, but he's he's taking some off the the chin. This is what I I'm would looking do. at a photo here. It's yeah. I have to say, I can't get a feel on Ben McAdoo, like who he is as a person. What going on like what makes him a head coach he is one of the most confounding head coaches not in a good or bad way I can remember in a long long time well he's coming off an 11 and 5 season in a playoff talented coach uh I would grow out the sides a little bit I agree that's a little off-putting and then I would either lose the goatee or grow in a full beard and I'm telling you it'll do a lot I would go full beard because he's you know and these coaches that well I I don't he doesn't have a he's not exactly like a Bill Cowher like chin he's operating with either so I'd grow a big (laughs) beard and like and take a little density off the top of wow butted burner blowtorch no I think he's Cowher you you absolutely have uh you have something to work with here but you I think the beard is a good idea that's what's happening in the news Elevate your underwear game to the next level with me undies. What is me undies? Just seriously soft, feel good undies delivered right to your door. Me undies are <laughs> are designed in LA and made from sustainably sourced micro mazal, a fabric three times softer than cotton, uh, which is, you know, I never really thought about that as I read it. That's pretty considerably that's soft. Pretty soft. It's almost, dare I say, too soft. <laughs> I mean, how soft do you want to get? It's a fair question. MeUndies softer than soft. Well, that's, they're even admitting it. <laughs> they're basically saying, you don't, I can't even explain there's how no, soft. There's no word choice here for this. Undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. So you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. And guess what? What? You can save time and money each month. That's extra words. You can t- you could save time and money with a monthly subscription, and if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save. That's because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our uh, emphasis there, our special URL, MeUndies.com slash around the NFL, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, revamp your underwear drawer, because you know what? You deserve it. MeUndies.com slash around the NFL. All right, Greg, we got to hit it. Uh, this this broke uh, right before 
you uh, went away, and um, and it's kind of a touchy situation. Let's face it, because it's not too touchy. It's old news. Two weeks ago. Well, that's why we showed respect. Wait, we waited for you to get back. Uh, because I thought it was important for you to be in the room for this discussion, which is Miko Grimes came after you real hard. I mean, we're talking Bunser, Bunsen burner blowtorch to the maximum. Uh, all about a column that Greg wrote. Uh, and I'll start here. And I know, Greg, you, you expressed to me privately that you don't really want to dwell on this. But I think let's at least, at least touch <laughs> on what this is. Uh, because Greg wrote in a column uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'll read it verbatim here. In the, Gr- in the Grimes Media Power Rankings, Miko topped Brent last season for headlines despite Brent turning in one of the most randomly dominant seasons ever for an aging quarterback. Expecting Grimes to back that up at 34 years old is unfair, and the Bucks are very thin after their starters at the position. This team will be targeted in a pass-happy division. Now, Mark, that's fair criticism, isn't it? I don't even think it's criticism. If, if anything, he's lifting up Brent Grimes and uh, – he, Brent Grimes should be happy about what Greg wrote about Brent Grimes. Michael Grimes, not so sure where she comes down here. All right, I will even say, there. I will even take this, uh, and again, Greg, not totally comfortable talking about this. Well, but, but I, gonna, yeah, I don't we're not gonna want dwell you guys to talk for me for it either. But I will, the other, <laughs> my, uh, my point is, uh, in Greg's defense here. Why don't you and I break down yes. the whole thing back <laughs> okay, Greg, you just watch. In, in my, in my uh, thoughts on this, Greg's little quip that got him on her radar that Miko top rent uh, in the 2015 season for headlines or 2016 season, that was not even a cheap shot because Brent Grimes had a quietly. Very I was saying I was trying season. to point out he he had a great season, of course, and uh, under the radar, and she was in the headlines a lot. I mean, this the last couple of weeks. I mean, there was a, there we don't need to go through it all, but she, you know, we've heard of Miko Grimes. She's been in the headlines. Uh, I got this information. Literally, when they called my boarding group to get on my plane, <laughs> and I was had one, you know, toddler in one hand and the other in the other hand, and Jeff Darlington, our old uh, colleague, texted me this, and I, I actually thought, well, this is a, the, the timing could not be more perfect because I'm going to be disconnected and off Twitter, and I don't want to be. If I was here, I would have been sitting there reading my mentions and all of this. Uh, <laughs> stuff all day but I am someone I I have a really strong feeling of nothing bothers me more than when you see like a media figure going back and forth with another media figure on Twitter to me it is the most obnoxious thing in the world so I don't so yeah that's why I don't want to talk because I I I have no need to be part no one gains from that no one gains from going back and forth now and I and I kind of thought you know, I'm, I'm a fan. I kind of think, you know, Miko Grimes is funny. If I, I there was there was one line where she said something about, uh, you know, my two, me and my. I'll read that for you. My two G's in my name. <laughs> I mean, it kind of just cracked me up. I on some level, I was just delighted and then just wanted to move on. Um, actually, the tweet is not on this page. What was it? It was. Uh... By the way, I will say this: if you. If you do a search for Miss Grimes on on Google, the first entry is Miko Grimes Wiki. The second is Grimes Greg Rosenthal. You're, it's obviously well, it, well. It's recent, yes. Well, it's it's impactful. You well, it's also I, I I do remember it roughly. It was something uh, to do with the like the bull the bull two G double G's in his name 
he's a not a G. <laughs> Which was funny, and I, if I didn't work for the Shield, I would have immediately changed my Twitter profile to, you know, quote, he's a not a G. That I mean, that's that were there were many kinda, shots that kinda made me laugh. There was the one that got on Wes's radar last week about how she pointed out the number of followers and uh, she called you a. Oh well, I appreciated that. Yeah. She was like, she was pointing out like how many followers I had, almost like, hey, this guy. Uh, why yeah. are you all following this blank dork? She said. You can't appreciate that. Come on. I mean, I feel like you're going too easy on her, and, and I don't know if it's because you don't want the war to continue. But we even – I was no so war. excited no about war. this. I was disappointed that Greg didn't want to uh, launch a counteroffensive. We had Lil Debbie on retainer ready to, to let out a, a Get diss track. Get together, bro. You're trash. We were ready to, to drop a major diss track uh, on Miko Grimes, who, according to one of her tweets, listens to the show. Sure, honey. Uh, there's no way she listens to the show. But because we were respecting Greg's wishes because he was the one directly involved with this beef, this big side of beef, this filet mignon beef that a podcast host dreams about, uh, one of the people on the show being involved with, I got to defer to Greg, and we can't Well, yeah, I did see that. Well, it didn't stop you from including it in some show, The Greatest NFL Feuds of All Time. And I was like, what feud? Have I been involved? I've been involved, Wait, actually. what is this? Well, that oh, was, that was, that was your segment. podcast a, episode last what a week. Great, was like, was like what a great related it. segment to what we discussed. But, but how is it? A f- I've actually been in some NFL media feuds in this building that will stay unnamed in my time here. Th- this was not a feud. I, I have not been involved in this feud whatsoever. <laughs> I think, you know why we did that? Well, we all, we were fixing for a fight. Let's be honest. We were ready to go to war. It would have been very different if I was here and we were doing the podcast that day. The whole thing m- would play out would play out differently. But now, you know. You know, frankly, frankly, I don't. Mark. Yes. I don't think Greg has been gracious enough with how loyal we were to him and, and how we went went to bat for him or ready to go to war mm. with this mad woman. Yeah, we and he he's just acting like it's something that should have been assumed. And it's no, I we should that's care a, about. that's a fair point. Did I, you listen to that? I appreciate Wes was was fired up and I appreciate yeah. you guys all having my back. Your boy, your boy, Jezelnik uh, tweeted stand with Miko. <laughs> well, what is that about? I mean, that's his thing. He, yeah, he had a couple. And, yeah, one of them was hashtag I stand with Miko. <laughs> I will say this, although I uh, multiple times like would respond to people and say, yes, I, obviously with Greg. I did not go so far as to include uh, Gri- Michael Grimes' Twitter handle. I didn't want to deal with her. Michael Grimes. Miko Grimes, whatever her name is. <laughs> I did not want to deal with her on any level. So that's where my loyalty you know, hit a wall to some degree. Never before have I wanted um, uh, RJVP to come back as much as I do uh, <laughs> after this happened. I, we could get you to listen to your first episode. I of might plug in. If we come back for the Miko Grimes. If you do, do it, yeah. Shadowy League figures. I would. Well, I would listen to like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> Whoa! Wait. So you go after them, but you won't go I after don't. the woman that called you a <laughs> with no G's or whatever. I mean, it's all it's all uh, showbiz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just one gigantic roaming bit. All right. So I believe it to be a missed opportunity, but I respect I, Greg's. I knew you would. I knew you would. Because I thought it would have been – not only would it have been a lot of fun. But we're still talking about little, it here five minutes later. No, but I really wanted that little Debbie diss track. That's what I really wanted. Well, she'll wanted. be disappointed, and I'm going to have to reach out to her to her uh, people now. Right, yeah. because we – I you know, back and forth, probably 14 to 15 texts arranging, changing yep. schedules. She was very excited to appear on behalf of 
uh, this effort. So, you know, we've disappointed little Debbie. That's where my concern – I'm starting to be that – And again, be, that's a problem. Another uh, example one thing of how is, we, that's another example of how we had mobilized on Greg's behalf. I, I appreciate and, it, but and we're then, different. And he said stand down. But we're different humans. We, you would <laughs> oh, react. To oh this. yes, we are. <laughs> you tell me this often. You you say uh, I'm somehow uh, not human, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't say you're not human. <laughs> but I that well, I react I to things that. differently. Maybe this is one of them. That, oh yes, you know you, that's that's why we're respecting it, right? That's and I and Debbie. I like and I like speaking for and handling myself too. I pre- I love that you guys. Uh, stuck up for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say handle it how I want to handle it. And now here's the world premiere of Lil Debbie's <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, all right. Let's move on. Until how about this? If she comes after you, actually, she kept coming after Greg uh, days and days after this. Uh, but if something else happens, well, that's the thing. Can we is reconsider I, this. There movie? is something. I don't know. I there is something I like in these situations when when people just don't respond. Hey, you were the bigger man, Greg. <laughs> you proved well, it. Well, she's not technically a man, so he is. You were the bigger human. You're a human. You showed it with this. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, what a missed opportunity. It's okay, though. Little Debbie's going to be crushed. I'm going to have to deal with that after work. I mean, I'm getting out of here as soon as the show ends, and I, I, I'm, I'm going right into a bee's nest. Bad news, the show is never going to end. <laughs> it's a, it's I mean, one thing, one thing I've learned is, like, my friendship with Dan, you know, matters, and it's nice, but it's not as important to him as the show. You know, I resent that. That is a that is a theme that is thrown <laughs> it's around joke, here. It's a joke. Uh, of course it's important to me, but I guess you, we are different in the sense that a complete evisceration of this Miko Grimes persona Mm. Uh, from a very popular NFL podcast going after her hard, that would have been, to me, no. uh, not only entertaining, but also a show of, uh, you know, brotherhood. <laughs> but that's where we're different. <laughs> Buy, sell, hold on minicamp narratives. Yes, this is the final week of minicamps uh, before the NFL's dark period. So uh, we decided to check in on some of the storylines percolating across the league. And uh, and we will share a couple each and and you tell us and we'll all jump in whether we buy, hold or sell on these storylines. Mark, why don't you get us going, baby? Well, I know that coaches never lie about their quarterback situations and their impending quarterback duels. We have one in Denver. We heard about Vance Joseph saying he's taken nothing away from May or June that will stick. But Denver Post columnist Mark Hisla longtime writer for the Broncos. Has a, there's a little report out there. He's called it in quotes, obvious that Paxton Lynch is the clubhouse leader over Trevor Simeon mm. with, in quotes, hints everywhere. Now, this guy talks to a lot of people. Kissel believes the only way Lynch doesn't start is if he messes it up, calling Simeon nothing more than the fail-safe device. I found that a little surprising after what we saw from Simeon last year. Are we buying... This new leader in the clubhouse, according to the Denver Post. I'm selling. I'm selling hard on this, Mark, Mm. because I believe that uh, Simeon, although you guys are bigger fans than I was, I guess, in some level, but he certainly showed in year one that he was somebody that could potentially develop into a proficient starter. And and Lynch barely played, and I get it. There's pressure involved that he's a first-round pick, but he was not close to ready, and I feel like it would be weird – uh, to go to him as option one, it would make more sense to me to go with the guy that showed promise that that is in year two, 
and then you bring in Lynch if Simeon falters and see if you can get a spark. The other way around, I feel like it doesn't make as much sense. I'm selling on it. I was really surprised to see this report as well, Mark, especially because for what it's worth at OTAs, it seemed it sounded like Lynch wasn't playing great. Right. Uh, but I'm going to buy it anyways because I kind of trust his instincts as someone that's there every day and is talking to people. And it echoes something we did talk about, I think, at the beginning of this offseason was the tie goes to Lynch. So I think in all things being equal, I do believe the front office and the coaching staff would like Lynch to win. And and someone that's there every day watching and talking to people, maybe maybe that is the, the truth that, look, if neither one of these guys is going to stand out, I, I don't support it. I really think Simeon uh, deserves a chance. But if neither one stands way apart from the other, then, then Lynch is the favorite. I'm also buying it because I trust the reporting. I mean – Kisla's been on target for years and years on this stuff. And you have a first-round investment on a quarterback. Simeon, I think, overachieved last year compared to the fact that no one knew who he was during that Super Bowl week a couple years ago. But my thing with Lynch, it's like all, all you hear over and over that he's still been erratic. He's still been you know, far from looking like a guarantee starting quarterback. So you have to see what happens. I think there's a lot of room for this to change. But if it, it, I think you're right. If they're even, you obviously go with the higher pedigree. The plan was to play him in year two, not year three. But isn't this the exact time of year where coaches are going to grasp onto anything positive with a young player like yeah. uh, Paxton Lynch and say, oh, yeah, he's looking great. And, you know, and then they're feeding that to the media. Even a guy that's plugged in like this gentleman, uh, I, you know, we'll see. They're a really interesting team. I think because of their championship pedigree, because they won 12 or 13 games a year for four straight years, because a lot of those players are still there, but yet they're in this really good division and it could go, it could go either way. It could go South or they could win the division. Nothing would surprise Hmm. me. All right. Next up buy, sell or hold. It's time to start talking kickers. Nick or Robbie. This ain't the bachelorette. Whose voice is that? Is that you? That was Dan. <laughs> that was good. Great job, Sully. <laughs> uh, Robert, Roberto Aguayo and Nick Folk, of course. Of course, if you're following this, and how can you not be following uh, this uh, competition, this no-holds-barred competition, uh, Nick Folk got out to a big early lead when he drilled uh, all his kicks in that uh, with the uprights being closer together. And then Robbie faltered. This is during OTAs. Well, guess what? Just when he counted out Robbie, he's back in the race. Midway through practice, this is according to uh, Jenna Lane of ESPN, midway through practice, both lined up for five attempts, increasing the distance with each kick. Folk went first and made his first four attempts. His fifth and final kick from 54 yards away bounced off the right goal post. Aguayo went next. One. Give me some dings, Sully. Two, three, four, and from 54 yards out, five. Five for five, baby. Uh, And then I – so I want you to listen to this quote from Dirk Cutter, who – this is an interesting thing for someone to say about any competition in camp. Uh, Roberto got the best of it today. 
looked good. I mm -hmm. mean, Nick, Nick looked good. They, I think we worked back to 54 yards on that last one, and uh, Nick's was a little bit short. Roberto, Roberto hit five clean ones, so that's what competition is. Oh, I'm buying, baby, that this competition is neck and neck. <laughs> I am Wait, buying Folk it only also. missed one kick, right? Yeah, but don't and you? Cotter's talking about it like, like okay, I, advantage. I, I, I love that this is a daily thing. I am buying it 100% because they have waited so long to be able to go to the reporters and say something yes. positive about this. It's, it reminds me a lot of what we just talked about. This is a second-round draft pick who has been an absolute negative distract, not a distraction, but in terms of the situation, it's a distraction for the Bucks to have to deal with someone. It's a high-profile, large gaff scenario where he keeps missing kicks in games. He, you know, he's going to probably maybe not even make the team if he continues on that trajectory. So I am buying they want to see him succeed. And if it were, if like it's the other one, if it's a tie between Robbie and Nick, you go Robbie. Mm. You know what could happen, by the way? I didn't think of this until right now. It would be a little uh, anticlimactic, what with hard knocks coming up. They could end up um, keeping both Keep. <laughs> because they're paying Nick anyway a large right. chunk of money, and then you give Robbie the job and then maybe have Folk do kickoffs or something, and then if Robbie falters, you cut Robbie. Or have Robbie do kickoffs. Other way around, whatever. Ooh, I could see that. And then, and then they get to kind of play it by ear because you know Nick Folk will probably get picked up, I would think, because he is an accurate veteran. Uh, they don't you want definitely to want to give left your, out in the cold. You definitely want to give your second year, second round kicker a nice red shirt year. That's the position that you <laughs> need to wait till year four or five to get the real product. All right, and that was the latest kicker update by the old Zeuser. Aguayo. Folk. Second round picks don't always get second chances. Greg? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with all of the OTA and minicamp buzz on Adrian Peterson being sky high. When you listen to Drew Brees or the Saints talking about Adrian Peterson, it has been gushing. It has been we haven't seen a guy look this, you know, explosive, you know, players marveling over his burst and his stride length and 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 Peterson himself just talking about that, you know, he would be lying if he didn't take it as motivation that people, you know, think he was kind of done, that no one wanted to sign him. And it's at the point now in New Orleans, I think that the, the OTA minicamp storylines has raised the excitement and the expectation level for Adrian Peterson this year. I'm selling. You buying. I'm selling. Hmm. And I'm not selling because I disrespect Adrian Peterson, and I don't want West to hit me over the head with a uh, a crowbar uh, because I know he's very high on Peterson this year. But uh, I just think that Adrian Peterson, one of the more famous NFL players in the last 20 years, uh, or certainly one of the most celebrated, uh, going to a new team and having this fresh start and still having something in the tank. I think he has something in the tank. Uh, is going to lead to all this, all these type of dispatches in June, which is this guy looks better than ever. This guy's amazing. This guy's this. This guy's that. And I think I still hold true to the the point that uh, he was beat up last year. He won the rushing title, but maybe didn't have the same burst in his younger years the year before. He's 32 years old. I think Peterson will be helpful for them, and I think he's going to potentially have another like 1,200-yard season. But do I think that he's going to be Adrian Peterson the way 
people are talking about him right now. I'm selling on that. Yeah, I'm selling too. I think it's a way wow. to uh, there's a way to sell on this without dismissing Adrian Peterson's That's important. upcoming regular season, which which I am also thinking he can be Adrian Peterson of that we've seen of late. But the idea that everyone is seeing this vastly different player now in these practices, that that's what I'm selling on. Well, I'm I'm not buying that they're gonna they're talking a lot about that they're gonna throw him the ball and we'll we'll see that. That was one of my potential ones. I don't buy that because you already have players in place to do Yeah, that. we'll see about that. But I am buying it. I just think this guy's one of the greatest players we've ever seen, and he's playing on the Saints is the main thing. But that, you're buying that, that it's you're buying that he looks tangibly different than what the Vikings saw well, they in previous Mays. That just he looks great. That he's that that he can be great and uh, and then he'll end up looking even better than he is because he's on that team. That you know, I'm getting a little excited about Adrian Peterson in New Orleans. So it's gonna be fun seeing him at the Superdome and having this chip on his shoulder. That's all gonna be fun. It's right. just will he be uh, the best running back in the league still, which is how he's being talked up, uh, frankly. And I don't know. That seems to be asking. Not gonna get the ball enough for that. Uh, next up, are you buying, selling, or holding? on Christian Hackenberg's public oh execution uh, by the local media in New York. Christian I, Hackenberg is real? I cannot remember the last time a New York athlete has been treated this unfairly. And let me say something. I am not – I don't hold high hopes for Christian Hackenberg myself. I think that it was obviously a big How reach. about Geno Smith? Or Mark he Sanchez. Was fairly? Uh, yes, he, yes, he earned everything he got for the way he acted, including, uh, you know – getting his jaw broken for being a jack in the locker room. But let's talk about Hackenberg right now. Uh, I know that the reports are bad. The anonymous reports about last season were bad. But this has been so unfair to this kid, what's happened this past week with all the reports uh, from real journalists, real sports writers doing reports on these passes that he's thrown that have bounced and hit reporters. Who, By the way, and I am not – I'm not saying that I'm the most mobile human being, but let's calm down. Like, oh, it hit a reporter. Maybe a reporter's not moving too fast either, uh, a little slow, and isn't able to get out of the way. I, and this is a situation where he's throwing these passes, and the Jets have done bad by him because the Jets don't know what they're doing right now. And they've gotten rid of everyone, including Eric Decker. So he's throwing to a bunch of these kids that nobody knows who half these guys are, and a lot of them are running bad routes. And, and so it's hard to really discern whether it was a really bad throw or a really bad route. But everybody's going ahead because the Jets are back to uh, laughingstock status, uh, which is always – it seems to people kind of like that. It's a little more fun when the Jets are bad. I get that. I understand that. But dragging him and making him the face of the Jets being a laughingstock of the league again, it just feels unfair. And if – and I worry that it's going to lead to uh, him. I don't know how mentally strong the kid is, but it's going to lead to him having no shot here because he can't, won't be able to block out just how much people believe him to be a joke before he's ever thrown an NFL pass. I am holding on Christian Hackenberg having any chance in the NFL, although I'm doubting it. I'm going to hold there, but I'm selling on this idea that he is so terrible that there's no reason why people should even take him seriously as a human being. I think it's a perfect place to use the hold because we've never seen this guy in a game. And some there are practice players and there are players that look totally crazy in practice. Then the games begin and you hear about those guys all the time. And often it's applies, they say, to the quarterback position. I think there's really concerning reports because sure. there's been a beeline. And it, last year, I don't think Hackenberg was being beaten up as the – 
sort of the face of the Jets' troubles the way he has this this spring, and that is unfair. I agree with you there. But there's never been like the month or two where it's like, you know what, Hackenberg, he showed some real good things today, and we're, there actually does seem to see some progress, or he came back looking like a different player. It's been a beeline of uh, terrifying reports well, about this, this quarterback. Th- that said, until he's in a game, why judge him on what? Right. You can judge him on his college tape where he's one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks to ever be drafted in the first three rounds of the by sure, an NFL. But that was his, that where was he his could college. not where but but that's it's just such a it's such a basic function of playing the position, just accuracy. And these are practices where you can't really take much away from them because it's supposed to be easy. Uh, and it's all scripted. There, you know, you can't even do one on ones. I mean, there's so many restrictions. You can't. T- it's really not football, but it's it's built for the offense on a lot of these plays to run fairly smoothly. And I think the the problem he gets picked on because there's blood in the water and they just want to be vicious. And there's 40 reporters there, so, so you know, they, people have to say some things to get noticed. But it's also because. There's no defenders there, and he mi- and he just misses a lot of throws, yeah. which I don't think you're normally used to seeing. Well, a year ago it was RG three that was throwing the football I'm over, buying it, over I guess. walls I don't and know hitting what... houses and stuff, and so maybe and, and, and it went on to be that RG three was an absolute. But that was also on some level. that was RG three in steep decline for a period of three years. Right. So everyone kind of knew he was done, and then people were piling on. It's unfair. Well, this kid has never even Hackenberg played in the NFL. may have no ascension. That's right. The it's other unfair. Issue, right? We'll it's unfair, but it's not surprising. I don't even. I'm not sure what buying or selling in this one even means. Yeah, I just I'm to buying talk about it. This. Well, you're a monster. <laughs> Stand with Miko. Um. We'll see what happens with young Christian Hackenberg. That's my point. You're, you're a pro, once you hit, you're a professional and you're in games and you stink. Part of the gig is if you you can get buried and that's that's part of the job. But before you've done it, that's what I'm saying. It, it is a, I'm with you it on is that. an unbelievably unfair, tough situation to think about the fact that these OTAs, which normally like reporters wouldn't have cared about, and people are doing grades. Uh, come back to us, people that have done grades on oh, the OTAs. I well, mean, give uh, me a point, break. It is, it is. Give me a break, worthy. But I'm sure for them, it's like you've got to pump out three, four stories, and this is what they all do. That job is a little different than what we're able to do with with, with our role. Wrap it up, no, Greg. The good one. There's plenty of good ones that don't don't go crazy on that stuff. All right. <laughs> I will not do a second. Wait, one, I have apparently. a couple ones. Yeah. That's oh, you didn't one. do a second one? No, but I, I'm enjoying the second Was one. Was one of your second ones Deshaun Kaiser? No. Why don't you take us down that road? Then I'll take we us somewhere else. We got a couple. Else. Yeah. All right. We really got to – yeah. We're we getting up. Move? We're getting up there. Let's do right a now. speed round. Let's do a speed round. That's good. All right, go Deshaun ahead. Deshaun Kaiser getting more buzz as a potential starter, and I will just say I am buying it. I like what I hear <laughs> listening to the kid, and I don't know if it's really based – it's not based on how he's looked. I haven't seen that. It's just based on I think the Browns are giving him a real chance. I think they want him to have a real chance to win this job, and so I'm buying it. I'm buying too because the Browns, like the Jets and all other teams that are looking ahead to that loaded quarterback class, they need to find out what they have in Deshaun Kaiser before they decide whether they want to draft another quarterback early in the first round. So they got to find out. I know Sessler's buying. Yeah, tweeted this morning. I think he'll be the week one starter, and it's not. I'm not at their practice, but it just seems like this is sort of trending that way if he is competent, and so totally buying it. Mark. All right. <laughs> a lot of Niners, a lot of people think the Niners are going to be a big trash heap next year or maybe just a little bit better, but there is a part of their defense. I think that defensive line is interesting. DeForest Buckner said that our front seven can be dominant this year. If you look at the pieces in place, there is potential buying, selling, or holding. Why would you hold here? 
<laughs> I'm going to hold. Because all right, then you do it. I'm going to hold because I do think if you look at all the pieces there, they got a lot of players. Like, they're going to cut some pretty good players there. Yeah. So I think they could be dominant. But they're, it's a first-time coordinator, Robert Sala. It's a lot of moving parts in different spots than they were really drafted for. So I'm not sure. But I think there's a potential. I guess that means I'm buying it. I'm selling the 49ers in 2017. Might be better, uh, but they won't be dominant at anything. Just the front well, seven. Well, no, just this. The, uh, I said at anything, Buckner, they will not be dominant. Eric Armstead, Solomon. A lot of people think Solomon, Tom, Tom, Solomon Thomas would come out as the, the best Bowman. first You said rounder. dominant. You said dominant. I'll be fine. There, okay. Buckner, <laughs> Thomas, Armstead, Navarro Bowman, Reuben Foster. That's fine. They'll be fine. Sexy. Could be dominant. Well, you're buying, so I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's it. By the way, Mark. Yeah. Before we go, I want to make sure um, we give you the stage for a second here because you wanted to get something out there. It isn't. A, it isn't exactly a. Uh, or are you kidding me? Uh, but it no. is something you wanted to get off your chest. Nor is it critical. Uh, nor is it critical. Or, I would, or is it news? But I will. I think everyone yeah. wants to hear what you you want to talk about. I was wandering around uh, the building today, and I don't know who this person was because they work on a different floor. Seemed like a nice person in general, but it was a a late thirty, early forty something male who used the in conversation the term awesome sauce, and it's it kind of is another one of these phrases that a if you're if you're that person you shouldn't ever be using that phrase at all no sit, uh, sit down exactly be humble find a new way to uh, say uh, what you're about to say it's like grow up peter pan exactly you, you're you're so far out of where you need to be by using that but they can't, there's a couple other phrases that came to mind that i as we get into the summer and this is when this jargon starts to light up sometimes. It's time to put some of this to bed. Is this on your sonar? This is, uh, this is a language update. and yeah. People don't have to agree with me, but I'm not going to be using this word, these words, these phrases. Yes, queen. That is old now. Enough. We get it. Okay, this was nice a few months ago. You're yes, queen. No longer. Years ago. Burying it. Whatever. <laughs> months, years. I don't want to hear about it again. So you're out on yas, queen. That is gone. Okay. How about this, to- how about this totes? As in, it, you know, doesn't that math <laughs> teacher totes suck, Gemma? Yeah, totes. Well, no, no, no more totes. That's a. I feel like that's a big sell. I feel like a lot of these terms are going to be sully terms. Well, no, no, don't throw me under the bus. You like can that. weigh I in. Use any of those. You can weigh totes? in. You can weigh in after I'm finished. Tell yeah. about that. <laughs> totes is out. Anyone? All right. I anyone in this. Most people are aware that they're not doing it. Coolio. It's their ear still. I still hear this <laughs> sometimes. I still. I still hear it once in a while, and it's typically from white males. And it's unironically used, and it needs to stop right now. Coolio's like, no one's talked about me since the higher learning soundtrack. Back off. I I think that 99% of the population understands this rule, but I have heard it in the streets of L.A., and it bothers me. It was the dangerous mindset. Okay. (laughs) Am I right when it's spelled as one word? Enough with that. Am I right? Yeah. Wasn't funny then. Not funny now. It's not even helping. It's not even that much shorter when you're typing. Bay. Okay, saying things like Greg is Bay. That was stupid to begin with, and I'm not into that, and I don't Greg want Greg is Bay? Are you yeah. sure that's how it's used? I don't used? think that's yeah. correct. It's, use. it's no. used in many different ways. You can the absolutely. usage is off there. I think it's like. I, you can find that. that you no, can like find Salt it Bay. Uh, no, that, that usage is right. It thank is you. correct. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Because I mean, I, when I read <laughs> this, this. Are you, now you're no, okay with Sully talking. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I, this is how I read this stuff sometimes, and it's like enough already. Okay. Greg is a good guy. Greg is not Bay. I mean, if I. <laughs> All right, anyone still calling things lit? That died a hard Bruh. death in 2016, and it is lingering on, again, typically amongst clunky white males. 
And finally, AF, as in this party is lit as f- like when I, that is, I'm done with that terminology and writing too. Okay, that seems like a uh, millennial shot a little bit. And I think, although that, it is that, dead no, though, because listen, I just saw that on like a billboard for like an advertisement or, or maybe a movie using AF, and I, and I and I thought seeing that I was like, oh, that's done. That's, that's what I'm saying. Millennials, no, I, I'm not killing them at all. It's the reverse. They've moved beyond a lot of this crap. It's it filters up to the older clunky people still using this phraseology. I don't even know if the, I'll add one more if you don't mind. Please do. Mark, uh, I like your list a lot. And I didn't even know this was a thing, but on Friday in my neighborhood, uh, you know, you put out the garbage cans on um, Thursday night, and then the trash guy comes on Friday, and there's three different pickups. You got the trash can. Uh, Jack knows it as the, that's where the, the stinky diapers go. And then you get the blue bin, which is for recyclables, and the green bin um, for, you know, tree clippings and things of that nature. And for the first time ever, the guy didn't come to pick up the black bin, which is the most important bin Please. of the three. It's number one. You got to take away the black bin with the stinky diapers. Uh, so I called the sanitation department of Los Angeles. Wow. And I said, hey, bruh, I'm angry AF. <laughs> <laughs> come come get my garbage can. And they were, they were cool about it. And they came by. They were, said, oh, we'll be there on Tuesday. So I saw the other black can of my neighbor sit uh, next 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 door still out there. Said, oh, you know, shoot this guy uh, a little heads up. Say, hey, Lee, don't bring your can in. They're going to come on Tuesday. And he came out. He's like, oh, thanks, bro. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for the knowledge. Oh, no. <laughs> maybe. Oh, maybe he's just, just really dumb. Maybe that's no, not a thing. No, he's not dumb. Maybe that's, that's not a thing, and he's just a little, you know. But he doesn't know how to pronounce knowledge. Right, yeah, he how just, old is he? He just guy? never knew that the that the K was silent. It's around our age. Again, it's around our age. Nice where, guy. No, no, okay, I'm sure. I'm sure he's not listening to the yeah. show. Hopefully, too. But yeah, that's that's a troubling one. K knowledge. It's like something Andy Bernard would say on The Office. <laughs> uh, so if that's a thing that other people are doing, probably you know, cease. Don't lean into that one anymore. Okay. Jesus, this is a long podcast. All right. We'll be back on Friday. It will be our uh, last um, uh, show of the week, obviously, but also the last time we'll do three shows until minicamp. So we'll have some fun. Uh, what's so funny? Oh, is there? It's I on looked, Urban Dictionary. I, I looked up it. I looked it up on Urban Dictionary, and I do have to use um, the example that that they wrote for it. Did you know that Shauna slept with Haven and got herpes? Thanks for the knowledge. I almost did her. <laughs> that all checks out. <laughs> I guess I'll give him a little credit that it's showing up on Urban Dictionary. Oh, there's a lot on Urban Dictionary. From 2009. Yeah, that's a thing. See, that's a perfect time for that to be a a popular word. All right. We will be back on Friday, as I said. Uh, Make sure – give me one second here, Sully. Make sure you uh, continue to leave comments and star ratings uh, for the podcast. That means a lot to keep us moving up the old – charts over on iTunes. They have a very strange system, uh, but that means a lot. So thank you. And those of us, those of you that have reached out to me, say what happened to the 5,000th listener celebration or 5,000th uh, Redditor celebration? We'll get to that. Once we get to the dark period, uh, we will, uh, you know, finish off that contest. We'll find out a, some type of prize. So don't worry. It's not, it has not slipped through the cracks. Right around the time that we file donations for the forked teams that we were incorrect about. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, we'll get to that too. Uh, so there you go. All right. So Sully's like, get us out of here. I'm happy Sully came back okay. The Stan Hands is signing off for the Sizzler. 
the old boss, and Shawnee Sullivan, invincible behind the glass till Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.